Hello and welcome to the 13th Hour Podcast. This is episode number 391. I'm your host, Joshua Blum, and today I'm joined by my brother, Jeremy. We're returning for another 80s fantasy movie, and this one is coming from Norway from 1987, and it goes by two names. The English name is Pathfinder. The original name is Ophelos, I think is how you pronounce it. The movie is in apparently Northern Sami, which is a, I guess there's there's quite a number of Sami languages. These are the indigenous people who live in various parts of Scandinavia. And I remember first getting interested in them a number of years ago because they they have a style of making certain kinds of kind of earth and wood shelters, I guess. And basically the inside of it is a sort of wooden skeleton and they cover the outside. I think it's essentially with sod, uh, but uh, it's basically earth and, and grass and other kinds of vegetation. And what, what ends up happening is that the vegetation starts to grow basically <laughs> out of the dirt. And so you have what looks like a mound eventually, I guess, in, just in the, you know, in a forest somewhere. And then a uh, <laughs> there's a door and you can go into it. Now, that would be in the summertime, I guess, you know, in the, uh, the wintertime, we get views of it like this. I Obviously, the, there would be no grass, uh, but it would be covered with snow. And we have a number of the, the, uh, the, the dwelling that they um, are in, they kind of do show it because it looks a bit like a teepee. It's just that it is a, or a yurt, I guess, maybe is the closer kind of word. It's basically a conical kind of structure that has a door that opens outward, and then everybody kind of sits around the central fire. And I, I'm assuming that the fire comes out the top. And I think it's called a, a grody, G-R-O-E-T-I, I think. But anyway, I, I got interested in it a number of years ago because I was thinking about in the 13th hour how the main characters, Logan and Aurora, how they might build a dwelling for themselves in subsequent books after they go and live in the what they think is the wilds. So I, I remember thinking about some of these different things and I wanted to make them basically a house in the <laughs> right in the ground. Uh, but I didn't think it would be, I, I just didn't know if it would be possible to live underground, but, I, but you can sort of do it and people do do it by making a structure that is has an internal frame made of wood, sticks, whatever, and then the, you know, it is dirt and other stuff like that piled on top of it. It's really not that different from, I guess, like what some other people do with 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 Adobe and stuff like that. It's just it's just a different version of it. Or I guess like you know, in 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 the American West, when people were actually making houses out of sod and and basically mud and dirt, so. But I, I imagine that uh, if if you could do it in such a way that you had a, a, a wooden skeleton, then it would be it, it would be you you could have a, a little bit more um, you could build something that had an internal structure and it wouldn't be quite as dependent on or, or less likely to cave in, I guess. As it turns out, that there are people that do it, um, and, and the uh, the Sami people of uh, places like Norway and and Sweden and. Finland, I guess, you know, that's what they do. So uh, 
and you can still find remnants of our icons. You can still find, you know, descriptions of this. I mean, I don't know if they still, anybody still does that style of building. But anyway, um, this, this particular film, you see some examples, I think of that, and maybe call it something different, but uh, it's a, it's an interesting film because, uh, well, we we're going to get into it, but it's, uh, it's an action film, it's an adventure film, and uh, it's, uh, yeah, it's a, a medieval fantasy style of film, although it really could take place. It's, it's, the story is fairly timeless, but you get the sense that it happened. I got the sense that it happened quite a while ago. Interestingly enough, at the time when we recorded this, um, Jeremy and I uh, were not successful in finding, it was very difficult to find copies of this movie. It's not streaming anywhere that I know of. Um, you, you know, you can, you can look, you can, uh, you know, say raise the black flag and, you know, look for it that way. Uh, and, and you can find a couple copies there, but even there, it's kind of sparse. It helps to look under Ophelas, O-F-E-L-A-S, as, as opposed to just Pathfinder. Um, but the and, you, and if you're going to do that, you, you need to find it in English uh, or whatever, you know, because it's 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 uh, it, it is subtitled. Um, but you want to make sure it's subtitled in in the language that you actually speak. And uh, there were a couple of like region two or region four dvds i was able to find i don't have a dvd player that plays that um but actually just now just now um i did find a copy of it and it wasn't the vhs which actually would have been easier that that seems like it would have been the easiest i've not been able to find the vhs uh but uh it's a region zero i guess it's called or unlocked or uh region free i guess dvd that i found it's coming all the way from greece so I don't know, it was only $17 and, uh, and then that's uh, five for, and $5 for shipping, which seems not very much. So we'll see. Um, yeah. So I, I, I wanted to pick up a copy because I figured that, uh, uh, it's a hard one to find and I've been looking for it for a while. So I'll put a link to that particular one in, on eBay and in, in, in show notes to give you an idea if, if you are looking for this particular film, um, but it's a good one if you can find it. And so sit back and enjoy and catch you guys in the future. Jeremy, welcome back for another edition of the 13th Hour Podcast. Hello. Hey, hello. Thanks for joining me here. We're going to be talking about a movie that's from the 80s. A, uh, this is a foreign film. It's from Norway. And it's called Ophelos or Pathfinder. Mm. And I don't remember if you... Did you recall seeing this? as Because we... Well, our mom yeah, um, from the library. When... I I did not recall seeing it at all until you mentioned it to me, and I think I have a very vague memory of like the VHS box cover. Yeah. Um, I think certain scenes I might have vaguely vaguely remembered, uh, but I, I think I was pretty young when you guys watched this. I was, yeah. I was in the single digits, and right. Yeah, I, 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 they're very vague memories. Probably would have been about five, which or so. Which, to be honest with you, this is not a kids' movie. This is a pretty intense movie. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it's rated, uh, or if it even has a rating. But I would imagine it. You know, it, it might even, it might even get an R. To be honest with you, maybe. Yeah, I would get an it, in America. It'd get an R or PG thirteen. I don't think it has a rating, but it's uh yeah, it's it's got some it's got some intense scenes. Yeah. Um, I um yeah, but I I do remember it as 
one of the few foreign language films that I think maybe we watched right. in our house at that yeah. time. Because those were not that common back in, what, 1992 maybe or 1993 when we Something watched like it? Something that. It would have been the early 90s yeah. probably. Yeah. I mean, we, yeah. We, we, we couldn't even really get films in Chinese um, right. for, you know, our mom to enjoy. So this this probably was it was the you know this this is in sami like the entire movie um yeah. so this is certainly one of the few norwegian films i'd seen at that time which is pretty cool if you think about it um they in many in many ways though you really don't need the dialogue the dialogue mm -hmm. adds stuff but you don't almost don't need it it, it has this interesting almost 70s style slow burn mm -hmm. to it where there's a lot of scenes where it's just it's just a visual and there are parts of the movie where there actually is no soundtrack mm -hmm. you just hear the background of like snow or like you know something environmental uh ambient kind of noise that goes along with the scene i remember liking it at the time when i saw it but i actually like it more now actually as an adult mm -hmm. I think kind of being able to appreciate that aspect of it, you know, the fact that it is both intense and also minimal, mm -hmm. minimalistic in kind of the way it, it's it, like the story is very simple. We'll talk about that in a minute, but the soundtrack is as well. And then the fact that it's just a unique part of the world and a kind of culture you don't really hear that much about. Yeah, the only... Uh... The only other exposure I've had to the uh, Sami people, and actually the reason why I know them is because they are in the uh, Netflix movie Claus, which is about mm -hmm. Santa Claus, an animated film about the uh, origin of Santa Claus, not related to the comic book Claus, which we're mm -hmm. both familiar with, but it's a yeah. good Netflix holiday movie about uh, Santa. And it, it it sort of takes place in like a, a fantastical version of Nordic countries. And there are Sami, Sami people in there and they speak Sami right. in the movie. Yeah, um, they're they're like Santa's elves in the movie. Like uh, they help him, they help him. He gets the red suit from them. It's their okay. like traditional wear, and they help him build the toys. And so that is was my first exposure to uh, the Sami language and the Sami people. And the the movie does a really good job of it. Yeah, at least from 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 you know what what you can tell if you're not a speaker of it. But well, yeah, there's a little documentary talking about how they got a little Sammy girl to like voice the main character in the film and how they tried very hard to make uh, sure that okay. make sure that they weren't just speaking gibberish. Um, so yeah, it, it, worth watching that movie. I, I do recommend that as a holiday film, particularly for the kids. Oh wait, you mean like which which of the? Oh, I'm talking about Claus. About Claus, I guess. Yeah, I'm talking okay. about Claus. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in the, with this movie, Ophelas, I assume. I assume that the you know it's also perfect Sami because all the actors I think are yeah the actors are all Sami Norwegian. I I obviously wouldn't be able to tell you know differences and stuff like that, but the the dialogue is almost sort of fairly minimal. Like if you if you if you're not a subtitle person and you're like oh, I hate reading subtitles, you almost don't you almost don't really need it uh, to be honest with you because mm -hmm. I mean you can you can basically figure out what's going on just by watching. So the the premise of the story is that you have um, a young uh, like a teenage boy. We, we later it's like about thirty five minutes that we actually learn his name is Eigen. We don't actually, I don't think we actually hear that initially, but. You hear it from his sister in the very beginning. Oh, is, is it? Yeah, okay. His sister yeah. asks where Eigen is and it says that he's he's off. Okay, mm -hmm. okay gotcha. 
Um, he's living with his sister and his parents, basically pretty harsh country. I mean, um, it doesn't exactly say where it is, but like the area of Lapland covers like, you know, Norway, I guess maybe parts of Sweden, maybe, I don't even know if it goes into Russia. Yeah, Norway. Mm -hmm. I think it's supposed to be in Finnmark, which is the very northern part of Norway. Yeah, it's in that, it's in the very cold it's, it's, upper it's region up there. there. Yeah. And he's living, it seems like they're living like a little dwelling that's separate from other villages. It seems like they don't really live among other people. And then his family gets killed by this raiding party called uh, the the Tachudis or Tachud. I think they're called the the Chud or Chudis. I think we're probably yeah. mispronouncing that. Right, yeah, butchering it. But um, um Chuds, Tachuds. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I I'm not know. sure. Not sure the actual pronunciation. I'm trying to find a like a pronunciation uh, guide on Wikipedia, but I can't really pronounce the pronunciation guide. Yeah, but anyway, it's a, it's a, it's a like a, a neighboring like I don't know nomadic group or whatever. They're Tsudi, I think. Tsudi is, huh? I think okay. maybe is how they're pronounced. Yeah, gotcha. But they're dressed in all black, um, and they come in. They we never really learn why his family gets killed, but they do, and uh, the the boy escapes because he's off hunting. And so he sees the he witnesses the whole thing happening, and then he gets pursued. So that's basically the the story right there. It's a chase movie essentially, and then he basically runs off. Um, well, he's he's on skis, um, and he and he and he escapes to a nearby settlement, and then those people then are you know they'll they they kind of help him in some ways. They also are trying to save themselves from this uh, raider party, and then they go off and. Uh, um, they're escaping as well. So I mean, it's a fairly simple premise. Uh, we don't really have a whole lot of backstory. You don't really need a whole lot of backstory, to be honest with you. Yeah, I actually um, I actually uh, was um, under the impression that the movie was completely a chase film, that it would be like him uh, hiding in the wilderness and then like Rambo picking off the invaders one by one. Yeah. So I, I was pleasantly surprised to see that there was a whole other village involved that sort of adopts Eigen doesn't really adopt him actually kind of treats him pretty rough because they're yeah. afraid that he'll bring the intruders onto them but right. they're, they're these other side characters that he gets uh rescued by and that help him you know put up some sort of defense and then there's an, an older fellow named rost yeah he's, he's he's like the pathfinder of the village kind of a a protector uh, yeah. i think and also uh, sort of a, a kind of a yeah sort of a spiritual guide um, he kills a massive bear early in the beginning of the film. And, Badass, like yeah, just... he kill, kills a bear with a, <laughs> by stabbing it in the heart with a spear, and you know people call him uh, blessed by magic. Uh, and uh, I think Igen sort of learns something of survival from this older older fellow. Right. But yeah. The, the The movie is the the movie is basically you know you follow Igen as he as he escapes from the invaders, and then you see this other village uh, how they debate about how they're going to deal with the invading tribe and then finally in the end you see Eigen protect them from the invading tribe by sort of leading them all down the side of a mountain and there's this yeah. cool ending scene where they're all like latched onto the side of this mountain just as an avalanche is about to fall down and bury them all in snow totally didn't remember that part actually yeah and interesting enough the story starts right in sort of the middle in a way because there's a there's a portion where the the rust character 
is is saying to Eigen that uh, he's talking about seeing a a reindeer, a, like a white reindeer, like a, almost like an albino reindeer. Mm-hmm. You've seen it three times. It's sort of the symbolism, uh, and, and the the that actually happens sort of in the middle of the story. But the the story actually, the film actually opens with that just briefly, with him narrating a little bit, and then it cuts to the um, the scenery. There's a there's a recurring theme of like this. I don't know, it's a crow or a hawk or something like that flying by, and you see like a panning shot of like the mountains and the snow and everything like that. Um, and the story actually starts there, which I thought was interesting because it, it kind of it's like one of these. It's again, like a lot of the films that we've seen, there's a very short little intro where it has some, some something that sets the movie up as going to be like a legend of some sorts. And so this one starts with, this is a story that's been, I forget, it was like something like, you know, told for like thousands of, a thousand years or something like that. It's like happened a long yeah. time ago. And from what we can tell, it doesn't give a date, but it probably was like, I don't know, medieval times. Yeah, it feels like it, you know, it, 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 it feels like it could have been sort of recent, actually. I, I don't know why. Like, it feels like it could have been, like, as recent as the 1800s, probably because the Arctic environment sort of makes it timeless. The Arctic, yeah, the, right. the the cold snow is always harsh. Yeah. Um, Perhaps the presence of invaders who are just wantonly killing villagers might date it a little bit because, you know, the, the Chudes or Chudes or however you pronounce it, they definitely seem like uh you know just sort of rampagers across the snow who are kind of wantonly destroying everything in their territory yeah um, but I, other than that i mean the movie feels like it could take place you know i don't know 1800s 1700s not that long ago i do think it's meant to take place in medieval finland though or like medieval norway uh like no they have metal they have so it's not like stone age um yeah uh, like could very well have been stone age and uh they're using crossbows and bows and arrows so i mean probably medieval-ish uh in some way you know it's a but yeah i mean there's a huge time range there i mean you figure if it were later they might have been using guns so but i don't know i i don't know if it necessarily matters that much uh from that because it but it does set the stage early on. And this is like a story that's been passed down mm-hmm. again and again and again. So it does seem like, you know, it happened quite in the past that this is how this person got to be a pathfinder, mm-hmm. whatever that, whatever that is exactly. I thought this, that I, this was another film that had a, a soundtrack that might not, might've been different had it not been in the eighties, you know, it was sort of a minimal, but distinctly synth soundtrack. I don't know if you noticed that. Yeah, it's got some synth moments. Yeah, but it wasn't obnoxious. You know, it felt like it. It it felt uh, it felt fitting enough. It didn't feel like it was out of place. It was very subtle. I yeah. think I, I think I really only noticed the music a couple times in the opening scenes, and also a couple key moments where Eigen is under danger. Yeah, and there's like and a... and, and there, there's like some. Uh, romantic music that plays when like the love interest character is on screen right yeah yeah but i thought it was i, I thought it was it was pretty it was pretty good overall it was a, it was a nice they felt like they blended well together whereas in some of the other films that we've watched what was the one of the more recent ones lady hawk for example it felt 
more. Oh yeah, well, I, I, you know how I feel about Lady Hawk. I did not yeah. really enjoy that movie, unfortunately. Did I enjoyed you, this way more. <laughs> yeah. Did you by, by chance see the um the new Willow series? I did not. I've sort of been avoiding it because I heard mixed things. Yeah. Um, you watched a few mo- moments of it, right? I, I watched the whole thing actually. You watched the whole thing. Did you yeah. like it? Um. Yeah. Again, I have mixed feelings about it. Uh. Interestingly enough, um, this is a, a side thing. Even though it's titled Willow, Willow is sort of a side character, which is which is all about the new kids, right? It's yeah. all about the new kids, and they're and I found their it's characters. Problem. That's the problem. I'm always like that's also my problem with a lot of these. I like you know the newer Star Wars movies. I just don't find the newer cast as interesting, with with yeah. few exceptions. And I thought the characters were written to be kind of it was a lot of teen army and like teenage teen, yeah. teen angst and uh, I mean it, it, they were it, it was it, it it felt um it felt like it was it was aimed at a like sort of teenage to young adult audience and it was written by adults who have no ideas how young young adults talk so they mm. it was awkward and that way but one of the things that was sort of weird about it um is the original film willow did not have uh did not have a synth soundtrack it was james horner right and so it was a sort of traditional orchestral kind of backing and there wasn't if i recall there wasn't even an ending song that was like that said okay this is 80s or whatever there was no like outro song or whatever right but the series actually has a lot of like rock rockish or popular songs that are interspersed throughout it but they're oh. really but the soundtrack itself is not at all like that mm. it's sort of more traditional and then you have a random cover of some popular song in a in a uh sort of alternative alternative or rock or sort of punk oh, that's that's like, that's how that's how they do really it weird. nowadays yeah that's Isn't how they it do really uh, odd and there's ways to make it work like you know some of the lord of the rings movies they had uh they would have like some songs that were sort of towards the end or some interspersed throughout it but it felt like it was more consistent with the music whereas this felt like it was not and so i don't know it's a long way of saying that at least in this film even though it's supposedly medieval and you have a more modern soundtrack it works it, it's not overbearing and the whole thing is sort of felt felt more consistent throughout at least yeah. in my opinion yeah i think i think there are some movies that do that well the whole uh, taking like a musical genre um that seems at odds with with what's what's on screen and 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 putting it as the soundtrack like i think that can work well the running story i think did well the running story did it i think like a knight's tale also does it pretty well they have like rock themes in there because it's a movie about jousting and it somehow manages to work um there's a uh, gangs of new york is another movie that i think they have these fight scenes set to like weird techno music and it takes place in like the 1800s in new york city yeah. um so it can work but other times it is very jarring, and I don't know. I, pr- I probably won't. I probably won't end up watching the new Willow, or I won't go out of my way to watch it. Yeah, I mean, it's also, it's also not what I really want out of a out of a Willow revival. What what I want is to see like old Willow and old Mad Mad Mortigan doing doing stuff together. Yeah, and having I mean, having more adventures, and that's that's tough to do. Uh, particularly, you know, Val Kilmer uh, doesn't really speak anymore, which is tragic. But he was in the new Top Gun movie. Have you seen that? I've not seen it, and I yeah, still think they probably could find a way to make it work. They could find they could find a way to make it work. Like he got he got attacked in the throat by a monster or something like that. Like I mean, they have a picture of him at least. Have a know. picture of him. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of. Uh, it's like okay, whatever. 
with with all these kind of new sequels of old properties uh like there's the fifth indiana jones movie coming up which i hope is gonna which i hope is good um but go back in time or some shit like that is it's yeah some weird... i think it's i think it's got a little bit of a time travel thing going on but they, there's 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 also flashback scenes where they've de-aged used use de-aging cg to on harrison ford to make him look young again so there's some uh, scenes during World War II. It takes place in the 60s, so he's old, obviously. But there's some scenes yeah. in World War II where uh, you've got like young Harrison Ford using DH CGI. Um, but I do think that the, the 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 MacGuffin of the movie is like a time travel device. So currently, there, there's a lot of conspiracy theories on message boards being like, "Oh my God, are they going to like wipe Indiana Jones out of the timeline and try to replace him with like his young protege in the film, who's you know?" this this uh his his goddaughter or something like that there's a whole lot of uh, crazy threads in in message boards debating uh, whether or not that's going to happen and be like is this going to be like the star wars movies again because you know certain segments of the internet do not like the new star wars movies for because they killed off all the old cast and stuff like right, that so, yeah, sure. I, so I, I don't know Muslim, but yeah yeah I, uh how do we even get on this topic? But uh, uh, music, music at all for Oh, music. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Where did that go? Yeah. Um, but uh, that that's 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 it's interesting. Um, I, I I don't this particular film. The, one of the things that I thought was interesting about it is that I I don't think they were aiming it towards uh, um, young adults. I don't think they were aiming it towards children. Uh, it's actually a fairly slow film, if you think about it. I mean, I think they were solidly aiming the film towards probably adults. Probably adults. Um, maybe also, I think it probably does a good job of representing Sami culture, uh, based yeah. on what I've seen. I think it's made at least a few lists of how to, you know, treat indigenous culture respectively. And, you know, all the actors are semi-Norwegian. Right. Um and so it was probably made for the local audience and also maybe the indigenous audience that wanted to see yeah. these young stars get work and, and be on screen. Um, and I think it's, I think it's uh, uh, all the better for that. Like you often, I mean, so this, this movie, I think uh, vaguely inspired the, 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 another movie called Pathfinder that, that is more recent that came out like, in the 2000s which is um, totally different plot i think it's it's, totally, yeah 2007 an american remake also titled pathfinder which is vaguely inspired only because it's also like a indigenous people fighting invaders story it's vikings versus native americans i think which actually is, is a really cool concept yeah but it's like early vikings traveling to north america come upon a, an indigenous tribe and like war with them and it has carl urban who i do not is not native american at all he is from new zealand and i don't think he's indigenous new zealand descent either playing like an american indian uh, beating up vikings which i mean i, I actually love the concept of vikings versus That's american cool. indians that's pr pretty awesome it's but pretty, it's a pretty cool concept um, I, and... but i i don't know if that movie's very good I, I i've heard some people say it's okay i do kind of want to watch it now yeah but um yeah it was a box well, office failure apparently well, do you know which one it actually is i thought uh, what i was thinking of when i was watching this one um have you seen the the predator one uh predator predator prey i have not prey. seen it yet uh, yeah oh, it's, it's on good. my list to watch yeah i heard it's good. really good and i want to watch good. it but um, i think that's a similar idea 
Yeah, that, that's a good. I mean, that, I, when I first heard about Prey, I was like, "This is a great idea for a movie. Just yeah. make make Predator period films." Like that's what yeah. I would do because they were yeah. struggling. They were they've been struggling what to do with that franchise since since the first movie with Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like they had the second movie with like Predator in New York. What was it like Danny? Glover. It's Danny Glover. It's Danny Glover. Yeah, it's Danny there's Glover. actually a reference to that particular film in oh. this new one. But yeah, I, uh, it's 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 similar in that that they they used. They they try they strove for authenticity in actually the the uh, the uh, the casting and yeah. uh, which I thought is nice because why why not like yeah it's it's such not. a great I mean you you have I mean that 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 the the movie Prey is a similar concept you have indigenous people versus an invader yeah or, which is an alien just happens to be an alien so very very it's very same story. type of thing simple yeah. type of story. And at least like with the Predator movies, you could do that. You could do that with any any culture yeah. around the world, you know, right. any time period. That'd, that'd be, you know. It'd be great. It'd be uh, great. This is a perfect way to revitalize the franchise. And hopefully they go in that direction. Because that's what they did in the comic books, the, the Predator Dark Horse comics. They had oh, like, really? okay. yeah, they, they had these um, anthologies where it was like, oh, Predators come to Earth and, and like the Caribbean during the, like the pirate the, the pirate era. And uh, okay. yeah, because they're all about like hunting the most powerful humans during these respective time periods and so oh yeah huh. there's at least one comic where a predator falls upon like a duel and like fights alongside a human to kill these pirates and then duels the human and uh i think there's a reference to that in the movie prey which i don't know i haven't seen it but this is just according to what i read online like you okay. see like the sword that was gifted to the to the predator from the human or something like that yeah it's it's worth watching it's similar in some ways i think to to uh to awful us because yeah. i think just in sense it's a very simple story it's about invader invadee kind of uh mm -hmm. type of scenario so did you did you uh have you ever been cross-country skiing i've not been cross-country skiing i've been snowboarding i fall on my ass a lot yeah um i get it's i find it very demanding i think i i think skiing is a bit easier uh, in some ways, but uh, I never got a chance to do it. Yeah, I mean, I think I think if you ever get a chance to do it, it's 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 a lot of fun. There's a lot of great shots in this particular um, uh, film with cross country skiing, and the 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 way they do it is kind of interesting. Though I don't know if you saw because mm -hmm. they have the traditional skis, right, and then they just sort of like slide their feet into it, which which would be I think kind of difficult because your feet are not necessarily locked into the skis, but whatever. But then they use a pole. They use instead of two poles, they use one, kind of like you're rowing a boat, mm -hmm. and they use that to push off with, which is kind yeah. of interesting in itself because, in a way, one, like one single pole, in some ways is harder, but also more useful. I think because it's this big thing you can also use as a walking staff at the same time, and places where you can't use your skis. Whereas the two pole thing, they're kind of useless otherwise. You know, when you're just you just have to carry those suckers around, and if one they're so thin, they sometimes will break, and then then you then you're kind of like SOL, right? But a big a big like quarter staff kind of thing you could use for multiple different things. So they actually use that in multiple places in the film. So I thought it was interesting that they they did yeah. that. I really enjoyed watching them get around. Uh, like yeah. I thought I thought the skis, you know, there's some chase scenes on skis. A ski a ski uh, piece is actually what alerts the invaders to Eigen's location in the beginning of right. the film. Like one of his skis falls down a slope and alerts yeah. them. There's yeah. a lot of scenes of the environment coming up against uh, Eigen and the other uh, the other Sami fighting against right. the invaders. 
like uh, there's a lot of times when they just fall in the snow and it happens to the 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 chudes also they just fall in the snow and crumple and there's like lose a ski and are right. left skidding down snow banks and right. so it's a really interesting case of the environment really coming across as harsh and kind of against the people that are living there and the movie doesn't shy away from just showing how hard it is by you know having having them get down and dirty in the snow i mean i thought the the snow was almost like its own character really yeah yeah i think the I think this the snow and like the whole end of the movie is on like the side of a mountain where they're all in danger of falling off and uh it, it really is its own character and the the environment of the film I think is great. Yeah, there's there's so many times when you hear the crunching of the snow, like the boots going into the snow and you hear that chuff 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 sort of sound going in the background. Mm-hmm. If if you know, if you if, if you slog through snow, you sort of exactly know what that is. But then uh the the um the cost, the the costumes that they wear, the the outfits that they have to wear, just to be able to, you know, survive in those, uh, in, in that kind of environment, it's really interesting how they did it, you know. With uh, and I imagine like they were all wet and everything like that, too. But I mean, obviously people live there, and so they must have figured this out over time, how they managed to stay warm, you know, throughout that whole thing, and what that must have been like. You yeah, know, I mean, they're well. You, you see, they're they're wrapped in animal skins and got stuff on their heads, and they got all these things around them. But the, yeah. the men with beard with facial hair, they all got frosticles. Yeah, on their beards they all got the frost like on their beards. I was thinking yeah. that throughout the entire thing. I actually got a little confused in the beginning of the film. I thought that the beginning scene where Eigen is getting chased and just barely manages to to avoid uh, his pursuers, I thought that was like a prologue because then we cut to the second village and we see the men there. And we see these guys with frost in their beards. I, I thought for some reason that one of them was like Eigen grown up and it was going to be like a right, ten, yeah. ten years have passed. Yes, and yes. now he's going now he's going to yeah, I thought the same thing going to get revenge. Um I because some of them look some of some of the actors look a little look, look a little similar. alike. Yeah. And I mean that that's you know, that's the kind of the equivalent of you know, people who are like, Oh, you know, watching like an Asian movie and like, oh, these Chinese people look alike and you know that's a, it's a it, but it, they're they're all covered up in snow in snow gear and there's not that many indicators of who is who and so that that's just kind of what happened here yeah um interestingly enough on that note i think the uh there's some speculation that the sami people are like the missing link between asian uh indigenous people and sort of the people of um like Europe and maybe even North America. I mean, they, they, all, they all came from like the same source. Like they all migrated from right. sort of the same place. But right. but there's there's some some speculation that the Sami people are migrated from parts of, I guess, what was Asia at one point and then came up through Eastern Europe to the north. And so that's why some of them look Asian. It's a, it's a, it's interesting in that way. But I had the same. Um... The same thing. I was like, well, "Who is this again?" And it yeah. was a little bit hard to tell because all most of the older men have beards, and almost all of them, uh, their beards were covered with snow, <laughs> mm-hmm. and so it's a little hard to tell. And the the bad guys, the the chudes, I keep wanting to call them the chodes. The um, well, they were chodes. Yeah, they were. Chodes. But I, I they they were easier to tell just because they were in black, and um, many of them. Uh, were masked and stuff like that, so you really couldn't even tell there. They were literally faceless. Um, but uh, but even among them, I there were a couple of bad guys. There was like one bad, one main bad guy who had a scar, and then his like enforcer. And I kept getting them mixed up. I I, I couldn't tell who was who a lot of the time. So 
Yeah, I think it was definitely a thing. Like maybe if you're if you're from Northern Europe, you can pick out the differences more easily. But you know, to an American, you know, I'm like I don't know, kind of all look the same. <laughs> Can't really tell the difference. Apparently, they speak another language. I think they have. I don't know if the language they speak is actual or not, but they do. They're not speaking Sami um, to each other. I mean, it makes sense that they would be like yeah. sort of a, who knows. I mean, they maybe they're from a different part of the different part of the continent or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. but, yeah. Um, there was a there was one part in the very beginning where Eigen is going down on one. He escapes on one ski because he loses one ski. He's actually skiing. Oh, sorry. I'm looking. I'm, one second. I'm looking on IMDb, and I was mistaken earlier. The remake of this film is about the titular character played by Carl Urban, a Viking child raised by Native Americans who oh, then fights oh. who then fights the returning Vikings oh. 15 years later. So it's a it's a white guy raised by the native people that then defends them. It's it's oh yeah, God, the, there, there we go. There we go. Oh, the, the, yeah. I knew it's so yeah, I knew there had to be some smoking gun like that. So okay. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay, never mind. Yeah, sorry I interrupted. Yeah, go see Prey. They actually use like it's it's a it's 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 not like one of these like you know fish out of water things that's always done. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, but there wasn't there like a, I feel like there was a James Bond movie where he goes downhill on one. Oh, there's quite there's quite a lot. Yeah, there's quite a lot of skiing in the James Bond movies. I can't remember which one it is. It's uh, I don't remember either because skiing is in so many of them. Uh, what's that one with that was in between? Uh, is it Honor, Honor Majesty's Secret Service or something like that? Or, yeah, Honor Majesty's Secret Service has a lot of skiing. Or Lazenby. But there yeah. was, I think there was one scene where there's one ski involved. Anyway, there's a very similar thing, but it's 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 very organic here because he loses the ski. The uh the 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 Chudes get um alerted that there's somebody else that they have not killed mm -hmm. and they yeah. go after him, and then he's gotta escape down the mountain on yeah, one yeah. Uh, which, is, which is which is cool. Yeah, I'm looking up James Bond. I don't know. There's skiing in so many James Bond movies. Yeah. So it's in one. It's in one of those. I remember when um, I was originally watching this film. This was at the beginning of my archery. Um, yeah, that's what I want to ask you. How is the archery in this movie? Because everyone's using a, either a bow or a crossbow. Yeah. So uh, the, I remember the, liking that at the time, and yeah. I thought it was I thought it was done pretty well. I think they. Um, the 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 good guys are using uh you know longbows um and uh the bad guys are using crossbows so there's a, a different way let's get the way you can kind of like tell them apart and um uh Eigen is showing shooting a couple times although he doesn't actually he actually he gets a couple of bows throughout the movie but he either loses them or breaks them before he generally gets to use them uh, but the other people are shown using there's a there's a pretty good fight scene with a few of the village people that do help Eigen and then the the uh, the against the Chodes. <laughs> I enjoyed that fight scene. It's yeah, very it's, frenetic. It's, really yeah. it's very frenetic because um, they're like trying to shoot each other. It's like they're not that far from each other. It's sort of yeah. close range, but it sort of shows how difficult it is to like shoot someone in that snowy environment um yeah it's just falling all over the place yeah they're falling all over the place and and every it's 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 messy but i think it's it's a good kind of messy that communicates once again the difficulty of the environment around them and trying to make the most of weapons in that environment 
Right. It's interesting. Like, so if you look at uh, in the like areas in, around the Arctic Circle, I think there's some of the Inuit tribes and stuff like that. There isn't any wood available. Mm. Um, so they tend to use things like bone and stuff like that to make the bows. Um, there is wood, you know, plenty of wood around here. But it does it does show some of the um, the, the 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 ways they would have to what they would have to do in order to actually make a bow that is um, using the available materials. And um, there's certain things you're not going to be able to do. Like, you know, it, it's cold outside, right? And so that's going to obviously affect wood. It's going to affect like the suppleness of the wood and how much it's going to bend and all those kinds of things like that. I thought it was interesting. I, I thought the overall technique and stuff like that, that they did was 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 fine. I thought it was it was not like um, sometimes you see like these gross errors and stuff like that. They're like, yeah, like Hawkeye in the Marvel movies. Yeah, like it's just like, you know, it, it just looks off. But I think they they did a good job. Um, a couple of times when you see Eigen shooting, like, you know, he's, he's shooting well. Like he's he's actually mm -hmm. looks like he's um, drawing it, you know, with to a full draw. He's actually anchoring. He's actually the, the arrows on the, the right side for, of the bow for the, the way he is shooting, all those kinds of things like that. I did enjoy the scene showing the bad guys actually reloading their crossbows. Yeah, they're actually uh, reloading. Cro crossbows a, a complicated weapon to use because of the reload process. So you, yeah. you don't always see that in movies. Yeah. Um, so that was cool to see. You saw some of the difficulties that so the um, the Sami people are using uh, back quivers. Mm -hmm. so the arrows are, are in the back, mm -hmm. which is actually sort of an awkward thing to use. So I have one. And <laughs> one of the one of the things that's actually hard about it, you always see them in movies, yeah. but because things are on your back, you actually it's 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 actually kind of tricky sometimes to pull the arrows out. They actually get stuck sometimes. Mm -hmm. You actually see that at a few times where you actually have to kind of like lean forward a little bit to like lower lower the quiver so you can actually pull it out. Otherwise, it'll get the the bottom part of the 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 point of the um of the arrow, especially if it has a any kind of like broadhead or something like that, will get stuck on the leather or whatever it is as you're drawing it out because it's such an acute angle and they actually show that a few times how, how you have to make this exaggerated arm motion to pull the thing out and so i thought that was a kind of a, a neat little thing getting arrows back in to the quiver also is like impossible you have to like kind of like pull it forward and like you know kind of go over your shoulder like this so um i thought it was neat that they uh Sometimes in, in movies, they don't actually show a lot of that stuff. They uh, they kind of just make it all seamless. They they make the, the shooting and reloading part um, very... They edit out the details, which they did not do here. So they, they had it from... The camera was panned out. So you actually get to see them do it. And you actually get to see the trajectory of the arrow at least once one, one, one point where the arrow is actually not going that... going. It's not, it, it, it drops, you know? Like something with a very fast speed is not is going to have minimal drop, but you see like there's a uh, there is a drop, so that you figure that the bows may not have actually been that powerful, and maybe that was just done for the for the movie or whatever. But I think sometimes when you see bows that are traditionally made by uh, by folks around the world, they're actually not that powerful, and yet they still manage to be successful with them. They often don't necessarily draw, mm -hmm. you know that far you know they actually release the arrow sometimes very at, at uh, before it reaches a full draw and using the available materials they may not have actually been able to get it that powerful so i think it's just kind of interesting 
what they were actually working with. And so in one of the debates in the beginning of the um, the film is when Eigen ends up in the village, he the the people, the villagers there are like, well, great, thanks a lot. You brought you brought all these uh, invaders upon us now. And there's a debate about whether we should stay and fight or we, sh we should, like they say, flee to the coast. And they do decide to flee to the coast, but it's not a unanimous decision. And there's a couple of people like uh, who decide that, well, we want to stay with Eigen and we want to fight. But they're like, well, we're not trained warriors. We don't have like skill in doing this. And our, 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 the weapons that they're using, you know, they might be okay for hunting, like multiple people shooting like a, a deer or whatever it is at once. But one or two arrows uh, may not be sort of enough, you know? Yeah. Was, we, see, we, yeah. We, see, we see that when one of them gets, like those, those ones that stay behind a hill, I can all get slaughtered in, yeah. in, in terrible ways by the invaders. Yeah. Like one guy ends up with, what, six or seven crossbow bolts inside of him. Yeah. yeah. Um, there are some violent scenes in the middle there. Yeah, it's intense. Yeah. So it's, it's just sort of interesting. I mean, the, the tools that they're working with are not like, you know, they're not war weapons, you know, yeah. therefore, I think they said like hunting rabbits or something like that at, at one point. I mean, they're for hunting. Mm -hmm. They don't necessarily need to be super powerful. Is there a, out of curiosity, is there, is there a type of environment that really resonates with you in media or in real life? Because I often, I ask this because I often find myself, um, I like things in snowy environments. Like I like movies that, that take place in the snow. I, I like the snow in real life. I think, mm -hmm. you know, surviving in snow is interesting. I like video games that have like snowy towns and stuff like that. Like snow mm -hmm. levels and games are often my favorite. Interesting. Um, I, I find it interesting to to research how various cultures around the world who lived, you know, in the Arctic, like the Inuit or the Sami, how they survived. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. I'm toying around with the idea of doing a, uh, a, 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 a campaign in the tabletop Pathfinder game, which is unrelated to this, yeah, uh, yeah. about you know in no. the, that's set in the Arctic, where you oh, play well. as we yeah. play as you know an Arctic tribe and are surviving amongst the cold. Like I, I tend to like that atmosphere. I, I, and you know, as a counterpart, I don't really like desert environments very much. Sure. Like uh, maybe that's because I don't deal with heat very much in sure. real life. I don't like the heat. But yeah. I've never, I've never been a huge fan of like, you know, the the imagery of like riding camels in the desert and like pyramids and stuff. Yeah, like right. you know, Egyptian mythology is probably. I mean, I like it. It's probably my least favorite mythology, just from a from a things that immediately catch my eye perspective. Right. Um. But I was wondering if 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 you have a particular environment that you feel drawn to, you know, like. We, snow desert mountains forest stuff like that or i think i'm probably a woods guy a woods guy yeah i mean you yeah. live you live very close to a wood so yeah i think i'm probably a, a, a backwoodsman deep... you might say i you might say that yeah, <laughs> yeah. You say that yeah like sort of um forest background where there's lots of trees there's a lot of greenery mm -hmm. I, I remember thinking i remember learning about like the uh like learning about the american indians when i was a kid yeah and, you know, they live in all these different environments around the U.S. I wasn't really drawn to the, you know, the extreme cold. I wasn't drawn to the desert sort of things. The plains seemed just miserable. It was like hot and and super cold. And, you know, just and there's no trees in the in the sort of swampy areas down south that seemed miserable. 
mm-hmm. uh, just too hot. And so I was always drawn to the more woodland tribes in sort of the East Coast. I had never really understood why. I just thought it was probably visually more appealing. I don't know if it's visually or the fact that there's, uh, it feels like there's, you're around more nature. I, mm-hmm. um, I mean, it's interesting but, to try, but, uh, to, try yeah. to analyze why you're, why you're drawn to it. Like, I think for me, like I like snow in general, like snow, I, I, I sort of like it when things are blanketed in white. And so that's why I kind of, yeah feel a sort of attraction to um for example snowy tales of people fighting invaders uh, to like snow levels and games to mm-hmm. um to you know you know actual actual winter sports which which i think are cool but i suck at like i was awful at snowboarding uh, i would i would try skiing yeah, um skiing, yeah. but you know i, I, I the I'm, nordic I'm, track jeremy the nordic track nordic. yeah yeah I think, you know, you know, I think uh, it would be really cool to visit the the Nordic countries and to go to like Iceland and obviously see like Aurora Borealis, but like to be in that environment, I think. Yeah, would be, yeah it's on, would my, be cool. on my bucket list, actually. Yeah. Um, Blue lights. Well, well that's cool. Yeah, I, I like I like forests, too. Yeah. Um, but uh, maybe not as much as snowy environments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I don't I, I think swamps are interesting. You know, I, I think I think. You don't really see too many movies or stories or stuff set in swamps, but swamps are sort of an interesting environment. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, snow stuff. Actually, there was, there was a, and this is one of the reasons I th- I think um, if the, if the movie were, were rated in this country and may actually get, it would definitely get more than a PG rating, but there was, there's a couple of scenes where they actually cut either the holes were existing or they cut holes in the ice to dump the bodies in. Like they actually, and they show like the little girl being like dumped in the, yeah. dumped in the, the ice, uh, in the ice, like below the surface of the ice, which was like, that felt like a little bit, I was like, that's like, like over the edge a little bit for whatever reason. Right. So I was like, wow, wow. That's uh, just yeah, like, it's grim. It's a grim. little bit. <laughs> it is grim, right? It's grim, but I guess it's effective if you want to hide bodies. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I never thought of that, but I mean, yeah, I guess that's probably what you do, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, was there a uh, was was there a? I'm thinking back to like the Tomb Raider games. Were there snowy levels in Tomb yes. Raider? Like went to like yeah. in Tibet or something like that? Or... Yeah, there was uh, in Tomb Raider two. There was a Tibet level. Of course, Lara Croft is running around in shorts. Which she's is... running around in shorts. Yeah, she's she's like half naked throughout the whole thing. Which is but, her her yeah. legs her legs do not do not uh, sense temperature. And then um, in the first one, um, you start off in, I think it's the Andes. So yeah. it's which is in the snow. Now the uh, the 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 newer series, the newer games, uh, have they had snow levels? The second yeah. one did Rise of the Tomb Raider because it was right. in Siberia. Right, that's all in the snow. Yeah, uh, but I remember I didn't like that one as much as the first, and I haven't first... played. I haven't. I haven't played Shadow of the Tomb Raider. Right, so that's in Mexico. I got stuck at a part uh, in there um, and have not been able to progress there. But the first one, that's. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any snow parts in there. I don't think I don't so. I think so because that's on a Pacific island. So I mean, the 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 plot of the first Tomb Raider is kind of similar to this movie, like you know, trying to survive in a harsh environment. Yeah. You know, young kid with a bow right. up against up against the invaders. And I was just thinking, oh, it'd be really cool, you know, with what they've done with the recent Tomb Raider games to have you know Lara Croft in a snowy environment surviving against people trying to people trying to kill her. But I guess they kind of did that. 
with Rise of the Tomb Raider. I just don't really remember that game that much. Uh, I don't think it's quite as it's quite as good. I mean, the the thing that's good about this particular film, and I think also the first that first Tomb Raider, the 2013 Tomb Raider, yeah. is that it's just it's just like a really simple story. There's not a lot of other stuff to complicate it. I mean, yeah. Tomb Raider ones, the Tomb Raider stories always get all. They're, they're they get, they get all over the place. They're always, they're always yeah. a mess. But the 2013 one is good, though. At ultimately, if you cut away from all that uh, fluff, you end up with a very simple like survival story. Mm-hmm. You know, person against elements, person against invaders, which is person really... against person against the occasional bear. Yeah, and and then I think you immediately kind of understand what's going on and can relate to it. And I think there was a like the in the in the editing of this movie, uh, it was very it was fairly even though there are some spots where it's just scenery or whatever but they keep it on a on a pretty tight schedule mm-hmm. like it's, it's fairly um intense in that it moves along at a good clip um and that was something that 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 particular tomb raider game did well whereas some of the others kind of like get more they they have a lot more bloat you know where where you can kind of get lost in side sort of things for quite a while which mm-hmm. is fine if that's uh, um different kind of way of doing it but but i i thought that uh i remember thinking that as a kid of this particular film that it moves along at a good clip even though it also manages to have some some slower spots too which i which i think is a nice break it's like a little respite like the parts where it shows like uh the women in the sauna for example or like you know little scenes where they're playing with children or you know yeah. like preparing for they're loading up their gear like there's little little snippets of what life was probably like mm-hmm. you yeah. get in between i like those those are those are those are good it's good to see yeah i was just looking so apparently um most of the stuntmen hired to work on this film originally hired to work on this film refused to work under such harsh winter conditions um so they actually speaking of james bond movies they brought in a team who had worked on the bond film a view to a kill which uh, was, okay which was Roger Moore. And I don't think that one has snowy scenes into it. It has the scene where James Bond is on the Golden Gate Bridge trying mm-hmm. to stop Christopher Walken, who wants to destroy Silicon Valley. Um, yeah. Weird, weird, weird movie plot, that one. But that was a yeah, weird movie. Yeah. yeah. It just, just an interesting tidbit there. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, it's intense. It, I don't think there would be any way of getting around the fact that it would be definitely uncomfortable like i just i don't know if they could have i don't know how they did this i mean it's especially those parts on the snowy cliffs itself like i don't know if they could recreate that somehow on a soundstage i I can't imagine probably not no they filmed it on location during what like a harsh winter in 87 i think apparently the temperatures were as low as reading this on the wikipedia page were as low as minus 47 degrees celsius dang so yeah it's pretty damn cold yeah is it 87? What was the year on this film? Uh, this film, I think it came out in 88. Oh, no, it came out in 87, September 1987. Oh, okay. For some reason, I thought it was earlier in the 80s. No? Yeah. Okay. No, late 80s, and then we must have watched it early 90s. Oh, okay. which, which, which is interesting. How did we, how were we alerted to this film? How well, did it so- end? How did it end up? Did mom like check it out from the library? Yeah. It feels like a library movie. Yeah. It was a library movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it was the, uh, what library was that? 
uh oh did jeremy it was the one where you hit the kid with the dinosaur oh where i hit the kid with the dinosaur yeah yeah this kid bothering me and i had a toy dinosaur when i was a child and so he, he uh, just uh bothered me one too many times so i whacked him whacked him with the tyrannosaurus it was the one that was in the shopping center i think uh, i don't remember that dinosaur or i don't actually i don't remember the dinosaur and i don't remember hitting him and i don't remember the library but i just know this story <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah, passed yeah. down. It's, it's been passed down, thing. passed down like the legend of uh, Ophelia, the Pathfinder. That's true. Yeah. I, I was the other day. I was asking the kids if, uh, well, they they were talking about something like like that, and th- there was the time that apparently I threw you in the snow. Do you remember that? Uh, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, yeah. You, one time. Yeah, one time we were just walking, and you threw me in the snow. <laughs> <You just laughs> threw me in the snow. That's how it happened. You threw me in the snow in front of our in front of our yard. So the the way I remember it is that you know we were shoveling. It was a lot of snow. It was like I don't know a couple of feet or whatever, shoveling it. And I think you were probably about five or six or something. And then it was time to go in, and you didn't want to go in. And uh, I said, "All right, it's time to go in." And I think I maybe picked you up or something like that. And you're, and you're like, "No, no, no, put me down." So I put you down, and you like fell back into the snow. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe that could be and case. then after that it became like oh why'd you throw me in the snow why'd you throw me in the snow why'd you throw me in the snow you know those those memories of shoveling snow with you i didn't really do anything i more like just supervised shoveling snow with you and dad building snow things outside winter of 93 i think those memories might uh might yeah, yeah that might have might been. be why i uh have a soft spot for you know wintry wintry imagery oh interesting just, just based on those, it's not like it snowed a ton. Like we look like really it snowed a ton, but you know, I think I associated winter imagery with those fond memories. Also with like Christmas and getting presents and stuff like that. And and one thing escalates, you know, the child mind associates winter and snow with you know fun memories like building snow things outside, uh, getting presents, and then I end yeah. up like liking snow Fair as a enough. result. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's interesting. Yeah. Going back to snow being like it's almost its own character and stuff like that. So I don't know if you noticed there was like uh, almost like a parallel, like so the whole movie is kind of like hero's journey kind of stuff, right? Um, because you have the hero like kind of uh, kind of unassuming. Uh, it goes through as a as a traumatic sort of thing. Meets a mentor in this case it's Rasta, um, and then just like in Star Wars, like with you know Luke meets. Obi-Wan after his family gets uh, slaughtered, right? Then the, the mentor ends up passing the torch, so to speak. The mentor dies in, mm. in both those cases. And then in this case, actually, like, you know, uh, Igen becomes the new Pathfinder at the mm-hmm. end at the end of the film. Spoiler. But, yeah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> yeah, I guess he gets fully accepted by the people of the new village, too, including there's this one bully guy who, like, just has it out for him. One of the, one of the guys with a frosty stash. Yeah, uh, it just doesn't seem to like him. He's like, oh, he'll bring you know the killers upon us, right? Um, but they kind of fully accept him at the end. He gets a new, you know, maybe like a, a new found family and gets to become their their pathfinder leader. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was it was it was is it's interesting, like because it, it seemed like the pathfinder was not the leader of the village, like the elder. No, I think it, I think it's meant to be like someone who accomplishes like a great deed, like kills. Yeah. Um, for example, the bear, yeah, bear, or can see the reindeer, the the white reindeer right. out in the uh, out in the forest. Yeah, that like... reminded that reminded me a lot of your short story, uh, Shadow in the Moonlight, where the hunter sees the the white deer, the white oh, stag. Yeah, yeah. Was this an influence, subconscious influence? Maybe. I think or... so. I didn't remember that uh, that white reindeer at all. Mm. Um, 
Did you remember this movie? Because when you brought it up to me, I mean, I a while back, I hadn't remembered it at all. But did you remember this movie? And what made you want to rewatch it? I mean, I I think I remember seeing it uh, as a kid and uh, hunting it, or trying to find it, and I couldn't find it. How did you watch it, by the way? Did were you able to find it? Like, uh, I uh, I resorted to the Yoho Home oh, method yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. found a uh, juicy torrent of it, which I then consumed and, of course, deleted within twenty four hours because, you know, that's that's what you need to do. Um, I don't know where you can find it, honestly. Like, you can find like a, you can find like DVDs of it, but they're for they're European only, and you can't play them in U.S. machines. Uh, and then you can find the U, the VHS copies sometimes, but I was not able to find the VHS copies. Um, yeah, you never, can so. you you can buy it on Amazon. It's a ver it's a Region Two DVD. Yeah, and there's a VHS tape that is cost forty bucks on Amazon, I think. Oh, okay. Right now, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure eBay probably has it as well. I'm looking I, right you know, now. At the time when I've I've looked in the past, I was not able to find it. I'm sure if you looked more, you would eventually track down a copy. But uh, yeah. yeah, they've got they've got some they got some DVDs of it. Like you got to buy from from Greece. Um, it's pretty far. But anyway, um, it was hard to track down. And in fact, the copy that I found probably was at one point a VCD. Because mm -hmm. it came in two parts, CD one and CD two, mm -hmm. so it, it, I wouldn't be surprised if it was like a video CD or something like that, which I think would be actually awesome to own at some point. I would love to find one of those, but um, but yeah, I, I think uh, it was mostly because it was striking. I remember watching it, uh, and I remember uh, when we saw it, I watched it with mom. And we remember trying to get you guys to, you know, uh, dad and you to come watch it because I, um, we were like, oh, this is really good. You know, it's very exciting. And, you know, it, it felt like a, uh, may have watched some movies that were current at the time. Like, uh, I'm trying to think, what was, uh, what was that one? Like the, this might've been a little later, the fugitive or like, uh, no, fugitive. what's the, what's the air, air force one? Is that what air force one with, with Harrison Ford on the plane, find the terrorists. Yeah, there was a couple of movies that we saw, and they probably were mid '90s or something like that, where it was it was pretty tense. There were thriller kind of movies, and this felt like that, but on a slightly different level. It was like a medieval version of that, mm -hmm. another yeah. country. And uh, I'm surprised was, that I'm surprised that Dad was not watching it with you. What was he doing? Uh, I don't know. He I mean, he might have been just with you. I mean, or doing something else. But I, remember I see, see. I do kind of vaguely, very vaguely remember this, mom, but I think my memories. Yeah, it. I think my memory is also making stuff up. Like I seem to remember you and mom watching it and like calling me to come over. Yeah. Um, but once again, the like when I see the the movie poster or the VHS cover, then that kind of fills my brain a little bit. But I don't remember right. the details. That was the. It was the. If you're thinking of the blue VHS cover with the the kid holding a bow. Yeah shooting into the camera that's the one i think that we borrowed from the library um and i still vaguely remember the description in the back uh because it talked about the invaders having crossbows and at the time i was i was probably like trying to make them you know make my own and stuff like that so i i remember vaguely remembering that so it probably was uh it was definitely before high school for me yeah. so this mm -hmm. would have been I mean, it may have been like ninety-two or something like that. I mean, it was it was. Uh, I think it was a little bit a little bit longer than ninety-two. I would have been like four then. So I mean, 
93? I think it's 93 or 94, probably. 92, 93. Yeah. I mean, we watched a lot of, we watched some things when we were younger that we probably shouldn't have watched. So, yeah, we watched a lot of things. That we uh, I like, I like, you know, I probably was maybe 12 or something like that when I watched this. I, I don't know if I necessarily show it to a 12 year old, but um, yeah, <laughs> it stuck with me. It was a good movie, I thought at the time. I still think that now. Yeah, I'm looking on eBay and you can buy um, Blu ray versions of it. But uh, they don't. You need to have. If you're in the United States, at least you gotta have the um, fancy, uh, f- fancy like multi-region Blu-ray player. Um, if you're in the UK or Europe, you're able to. It's probably it's way more accessible over there. Yeah, I yeah. imagine it would be. Yeah. In general, though, it's not a very accessible movie in terms of being on like a streaming service or something like that. It's true. Um, you do need to resort to perhaps the uh, old, uh, you know, raised black flag, yo ho ho, you know, methods to uh, to to, to a, see this movie. This is kind of a shame. It's not because like how many movies that are there? Yeah, kind of, yet yet the Carl yeah. Urban remake, you know, is everywhere. Uh, yeah, that's that's pretty easy to get. Right. Um, yeah. Well, uh, what do you think? Any any uh, any other thoughts that you had on it? I enjoyed it. I think it's a good uh, a good film, a good representation of um, a culture that is not represented that well, uh, mm-hmm. and like most indigenous cultures around the world, is treated pretty poorly by you know the nations okay. that it resides in. Um, so definitely worth watching. I think if you have any interest in. Um, history or snowy environments or just want to see a cool story with lots of archery then you should you should seek it out yeah watch watch this one before the uh the the 2007 one at the very least (laughs) sure yeah would you give it a what would you give it rating wise i don't know probably eight out of ten maybe 7.5 out of ten yeah like that yeah Yeah, probably gave it yeah, I'd probably give it something like that, eight or nine, I think. I think if there had been a scene on ice where, like, there's, a, like, an ice fight where the bad guys fall into the ice, I probably oh. would give – that would have raised my ranking a little bit. Right. That would be a cool set piece, like, an ice fight or, like, some sort of underwater cam showing people fall into the ice, like, killer seals, something like that. Right. <laughs> it is, if there were a remake, like, a proper remake of this movie – um that that's something that that that's a good norwegian uh norwegian remake yeah, but billy campbell he lives in norway right get him that's... get him on get him on this that's what he he needs to yeah, he needs yeah. to fund a uh an ophalos remake but if they actually properly remake this film um then i would like to see an ice fight scene well um did you see troll did you ever see that one the, the, the i have one? not see, yeah, yeah. i've not seen troll yet either oh that's good that's good. good. Yeah, uh, it's it's quite. It's like watching. Uh, I mean, it's like Godzilla, basically. Yeah, it's like a, it's a kaiju Godzilla yeah. movie. Yeah, I I do like that. Um, but uh, there's there's like sort of similar similar use of the scenery, I think, uh, to this film. Although it's it's a lot it's a lot further south, obviously. But mm-hmm. um, it's uh, I think it's it's also a good one from that perspective. And they did a nice. There was no. I don't think there was any CGI or anything like that in this film. Or any like you know majors like special effects. Everything was like sort of practical and everything like that. But um, I thought the I thought the troll actually was pretty good. I thought I thought they did it well. So I, I imagine if they were going to do a remake of this, they would probably they would inevitably be like more stuff done with. Oh uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be very like different. That. But, yeah. But I think 
I think uh, in, if anything, that, uh, well, actually, I should say maybe there was one part because there was a part where at the end where Eigen looks up and he's, he's, he's vanquished the bad guys and you see the Aurora Borealis, you can see it's almost like a green screen kind of effect. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I imagine they would, they could do stuff like that that enhance the, the scenery even more, you know, by adding that kind of stuff. I don't know if you ever played the game Skyrim. You play this? So Skyrim is one of those big video games that I actually have not ever played. Yeah. Um, for various reasons. Yeah. I was for some reason never that interested in Skyrim, but yeah. obviously I know Skyrim and I understand the I understand the reference that you're gonna make. Yeah. Well, I know, I mean it, it's uh but what they did there. Uh, is they they have like uh, it's all almost I don't want to say exclusively, but a lot of it's done in the snow, mm-hmm. um, and I think it's supposed to be in like a Nordic region or whatever. But they they'll have like in particularly in like nighttime scenes, you'll see like the aurora borealis shimmering in the distance and stuff like that. They'll have stuff like that that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's I I I don't know if I necessarily support a remake. I think they yeah they, I, I wouldn't plenty of a, plenty yeah. of uh, plenty of other stories they can do that are similar. Like do another right. story in the same region. Yeah yeah yeah. I I only say remake because uh, remakes are what happens that's these the days. Thing. Yeah, that's the but, thing. Yeah. yeah, another story in the region or uh, a prey type movie. Yeah, uh, in, in, a, in a snowy environment, I think would be very cool. Yeah, yeah. You don't get these. You don't get a lot of. I don't know. We don't get a lot of like in the U.S. We don't typically get a lot of these films that are made elsewhere. Um, so I don't know why. I just don't. Oh, this was the first full-length film in Sami, apparently, which is good to know. So it's it's an important historical uh, yeah. historical film as well. Yeah, yeah. I'd be curious to know if there if there is it is there really a legend like this? Is there like a original? I think I think the director said that he had heard the legend from from growing up. Uh, so I think I think it is kind of based on, um, based on folk tales and folklore from that part I think of the world. To look into that. So yeah. interestingly, the director for this film also directed another Norwegian film that we actually saw. Um, as kids, it was a Disney film called Shipwrecked. You remember that film? Oh, that's yeah. You were talking about that. You were talking about that. Yes, I. I I remember the uh, poster and VHS cover of Shipwrecks as well. Yeah. I do not remember the uh, you know this this is something that is probably like lost in this day and age where people don't really rent or buy movies anymore. Like the the experience of only recognizing and remembering a film from the VHS cover. Yeah. Um. Because I I I looked at I looked it up when you mentioned Shipwreck, and yes, I rec- I remember the poster and the VHS cover. I do not remember the film at all. Yeah, same director, Niels Galp. Uh, they actually came out, uh, so it would have been a couple of years later. I think I think that film came out in like early ninety. It might have been ninety one or ninety two. I saw it in a the theater actually. It was a mm-hmm. birthday party. Mm. I was in sixth grade, I think. So how old are you? And then maybe twelve or something. I don't it was know. a birthday party where you got an ear infection and then. Uh... Or the theater experience where you got an ear infection and mom and dad like oh, swore no, off swore no, off theaters no. later. That was that was like that was I was like three. Oh, okay, never mind. <laughs> they, they took me to see the rescuers or something. Oh, the rescuers. Yeah. Oh, that, yeah, that yeah. was the, that was the reason they cited for never taking me to a theater when I was a kid. It was like, oh no, your brother got an ear infection. No, no theaters, no theaters. Yeah, 
Yeah, no, this was a this was a birthday party, you know, for one of my classmates who we went to see Shipwrecked. And uh and then it came out like uh like a year or two later, like on the Disney Channel, which is probably where we taped it. Um but it's it's a you know, it's about a Norwegian boy who goes and goes into a uh he joins a um he somehow ends up on a ship and then they you know end up in pirate country uh, or pirate you know territory and so but it's uh it's one of these also like kind of rare examples of like um a film from a made made elsewhere that made its way to the country the US in this case it was picked up by Disney and so obviously it was you know um it had a wider release but Is it uh, good I liked it I loved it as a kid now watching it I have Watching it now, I think I would be there's a there's a few like hokey parts, but I probably would still like it for nostalgia's sake. I think this one is like the better film because that one is sorely is basically marketed as a kind of like a kid's film. Um, and so they make some concessions there, I think, that uh, for the sake of, you know, their audience. Um, mm -hmm. But I think this this one was like really intense uh and uh so like doesn't doesn't no shits about it you know just kind of <laughs> just it, it, it's like it's uh makes no concessions so i think that i think that's good in a way mm. yeah i uh did uh did you watch shipwrecked recently uh i'm trying to think if i watched it recently i watched I, I don't think so I may have seen some parts of it because I went through a phase uh, a while back. This is 20 years ago. No, more than that, probably where I tried to digitize old movies mm. in college. So so it would have been over 20 years ago, actually. And I tried to digitize them. And at the time, the technology was kind of really wonky and it was hard to use. Shipwreck was one of the ones that I tried. And in fact, I remember doing it uh, when you were in the room. Um, and you probably would have been about, I don't know, 13. Uh, I was probably like, I don't know, 21, maybe, yeah, or 20. And yeah, it would have been like 14. 20, 13 or 14. And you're like, oh, well, what are you doing? You're going, this, going through the, because it, it, most of the time it wouldn't work. You'd have to play the whole thing. Yeah, I, I remember, I remember that setup you had in the den with like the VHS, the VHS. Yeah, thing. yeah I, I, I remember. Tried, and a lot of times it didn't work, but I did succeed in digitizing that one. The quality was not very good. Because I wanted to fit it onto one CD, but uh, that might have been the last time that I watched it, uh, and probably even just then snippets of it. I don't remember if I watched it more recently than that. I should try. I should try to see if it's out in DVD or something. Well, like do you that. want to watch it again for the next time we do one of these things? I mean, it is an '80s movie, right? Uh, it's like a, it's like early '90s. Ah, yeah, it still counts. I mean, if yeah. you want to, if you want to, we can watch it again. We can we can do the next one of these things on shipwrecked. Sure. I I don't sure. remember it. I I don't recall. Yeah, or if you have other suggestions about a different one, I feel like there was one other one that you wanted to do. What was the other one we did? Was it Gremlins too, or something like that? I don't remember which one. Um. I, yeah, I wouldn't mind doing Gremlins too. Uh, but I don't think that one's Christmas themed, so I guess we could do that whenever. Gremlins two, I would like to watch. I don't mind watching Shipwreck because I never seen it, um, yeah. or I, I don't remember watching it. Um, I, I don't I don't know if any others. Oh, I wanted to do like Call, I think, but oh, yeah, Call. Yeah, but I think yeah. that's kind of kind of a shite film. So well, we've had a. This is I think this is a good one. We yeah. can go for a shite one. I mean, so this yeah. is nice to go for shite. Yeah, I could. 
yeah i could go for a shite one if you wanted to but i i don't mind you call it you call it well since i picked this one i think you should you should have the next pick there's also like um if you wanted to if there's any uh any of the hong kong ones that you wanted to get into because i think we had talked about you know like hard boiled and all those ones like that that are sort of uh, yeah I, oh i definitely do i def- i do hard boiled uh I, i've seen it pretty recently but i would okay. do it again i would do yeah. i would do the police story movies i i don't rem- i haven't uh, i don't you seen like a better tomorrow and those john Woo ones yeah yes but i don't remember them so yeah i would do those yeah I would also do like good. I would also do like Once Upon a Time in China movies and um any of the old Jackie Chan was like Project A, I kinda wanna watch oh, again. Yeah. I have or yeah. like the uh um like the one where it's him, Samo and you uh what's what's the other guy's name? Yuan Bao. Is that is that how you pronounce his name? Yuan yeah. Bao, yeah. I I forget I forget. Three Dragons, is that what it's called? I don't remember. Yeah, there's a whole bunch of them. Yeah, yeah. there's a whole bunch of them. That, that they did together yeah. okay why why don't why don't we do a hong kong movie then that's a hong kong movie yeah yeah do you, you want to do, hard, do, do, you want to do hard boys um or do you want to do like guns it's kind of the same thing when it comes to hong kong um i think let's do you can also like, think about it too and like you know get back to me yeah let's let's do let's do uh do you have any preference between hard-boiled or project a not really i would say uh project a is definitely the cheesier of the two it's the cheesier of the two but it also takes place in like classical hong kong era which i kind of like yeah it's sort of like that's a period piece right i think period piece yeah it's like hong kong colonial period piece the one where in the dub version there's a scene where he's like go horsey horsey. yeah Yeah. uh hard-boiled is is more modern right it's like it's more modern it's like the 80s yeah yeah i i have no preference i think they're i think they're both good i i like okay well let's let's do hard-boiled because because i that's the more important one i think and then we can double back in the future all right let's do it awesome okay i forget which year that is that's mid it's like 80 85 or something Uh, maybe early 90s i don't remember i feel like oh 92 never mind I I, I, i was way off which is a better tomorrow? Is that uh, earlier? One of the I forget which one comes first. Better tomorrow is I have seen a better tomorrow. Um, better tomorrow is eighty six. Yeah, so those actually come first. Let's say is 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 it? Are they sequels to some degree or the similar characters? I can't it's remember. Sim- similar characters. There's better tomorrow and a better tomorrow two. Oh, and a better tomorrow three, which I have not seen. Yeah. Yeah. Then there's the killer, which I have seen fairly recently, and then there's. Uh, bunch of others but yeah hardboiled is actually one of the 90s ones so yeah so the 90s age of hong kong cinema okay whichever one you think is uh which whatever one you want to start with i think yeah, I let's, let's, let's do hardboiled hardboiled okay. is cool because there's there's a uh a video game sequel actually oh really yeah called stranglehold oh i uh, have that one i've never i've never i didn't never get it to it. work yeah i didn't get it to work i think but i think i could actually play it now have you played it i've never played it yeah. Uh, well, if we do that, then I'll try to get it to work. I'll see if I can get it working or whatever. You might be actually be able to just get it on Steam very easily now. So- All right. Sounds good. All right. Well, uh, thank you for joining us for another uh, fantasy, 80s fantasy film. Check out where, well, actually, where, where, can, where can folks go to find your stuff, Jeremy? You can find me on the Twitter, aka the shitter, um, at Pixel Grotto, uh, P-I-X-E-L-G-R-O-T-T-O. 
um, yeah. tune in for me uh, talking about more cool 80s movies with Joshua. Yeah. And, 90s, and, and 90s movies. Nice. And all your D&D stuff. Find all yeah, your D&D stuff. You can, you can find all that on Twitter or going to my um, portfolio site, which is pixelgrotto.card, C-A-A-R-D.com. Okay. All right. Got it. Well, you'll find that in the show notes. All right. Thank you for joining us. We will talk to you guys next time. Hey, a couple last minute things before you go. Thanks for listening to this show. If you liked it, you can find many more on the website 13thhr.wordpress.com or on your favorite podcasting platform. You can often find behind the scenes information about this show and other things that I do on social media, such as Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You'll see links to those in the show notes. Sometimes people will ask me, how can I help contribute to the show or other things that, that I do? And probably one of the easiest ways is by going over to Facebook and looking up the Facebook group called 13th Hour Arts. And it's a place for not only to discuss these kinds of things, but also for you to share your own creative process and the things that you're doing that bring meaning to your life. You can also do things that are entirely free, such as leaving a review for a book, music, this particular podcast, share it with friends, subscribe to this podcast on your favorite platform, email me, W-R-I-T-E-J-O-S-H-U-A-B-L-U-M at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your suggestions and comments. You can also leave a one-time donation over at Coffee, and that's ko-fi slash 13thhr. It's basically like a virtual tip jar, kind of like the sort of thing like a piano player might have at a bar or something like that. For a small amount, you can also leave a donation on a monthly basis at Patreon, and that helps bring new things to this particular show and to support future projects. And that's at 13th Hour Arts. It's also a place for patrons to share their own creative process and the things that bring inspiration and meaning to them. I hope by sharing a little bit of the creative process in this particular show, it gets people to cultivate that aspect of their own life and to remember that those things are important even if you are an adult and you may not have time for it. Hopefully by paying attention to those aspects of your own life, you can remember your own dreams and aspirations and help create a world and make a world that you want to be in. And at the end of the day, that's sort of what the 13th hour is about. So thanks as always for listening, and I'll talk to you guys next week.